And at this time, I want to take time to lift up the, the Lehman Bible Talk that we have here at Lehman College. And so if you can give them a hand, and they've been doing some great work and really helping people become disciples and helping them be saved. And, uh, but what was crazy is that there's an astounding number of college students in New York City. Now I got to look up the stats, and there's actually 1,200,000 college students in New York City. That's like, when I think about that number, I'm like, I kind of wish that number was in my bank account. But was, what, what, really, what really is the truth is that's how many students are out there, you know, just looking for purpose. And right now in their lives, they're looking to, to develop their future. They're looking to, to really make decisions that are going to make an impact on their lives for the rest of their lives. And so, but God has set them up perfectly so that they can know Jesus and have a relationship with him. But when I think about that number, what I think about is that, wow, God must be a dreamer. God is a dreamer. That's what it tells me. When I think about all the people that God wants to use us to impact, he is a dreamer. And it's incredible. And when I look at John chapter 1, it reminds me of something Jesus said to Nathaniel. Jesus told Nathaniel in John chapter 1, I don't have the verse down, but I'll just reference it real quick. It says, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see even greater things than that. What I love about Jesus is that he's always dreaming. He's always telling people, okay, what you see right now, okay, that's cool. But you're going to see even greater things than what is in your life right now, than what's going on in your life right now. So the title of my lesson this morning is Determined to See the Dream. Determined to See the Dream. You know, has any of us here had dreams before? Now, I'm talking about the ones when you, when you sleep. Yeah, we've all had dreams, I'm sure. But sometimes there's dreams that you have that you wish were real life, and there's dreams that you have that you are happy when you got up. That wasn't real, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> and I think one of the dreams that, that I had, and I can remember this, I was probably like four or five years old, you know, and one of my dreams that I continuously had was I had a dream to be a superhero. Like, I always wanted to be a superhero with superpowers and be able to do all these cool things. And I remember having a dream that I was fighting this villain. No, I can't remember what it looked like, but I remember the battle. It was intense. I mean, we were on the rooftop, and, you know, we were fighting, and then I was almost falling off the edge. And it was just crazy. But, you know, I was giving it to him, whoever that villain was. But uh, it, it was just such an exciting dream, and I was so, like, oh, I loved it. And then I remember... I remember uh, the villain was getting close to me, and I was almost falling off of the building. So you, you can almost see the scene in like a movie, right? It happens all the time when they're on the edge, and they got to kind of make a move and a decision. So I remember being on the edge, and, and I remember just swinging at him. Boom! You know, and I, and I hit him right in the face. And then I woke up. And then what I end up realizing is that I punched my grandfather right in the face. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, and I remember I opened my eyes, and then he's just, like, going crazy, you know? And I felt so bad. I'm like, I can't believe I punched my grandfather in the face. Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. You know, and I'm like this five-year-old, you know? Um, yeah, it was crazy. I was taking a nap, and, and that's how that happened. And so I'm so grateful that that dream was not real, amen? That, that literally I didn't have beef with my grandfather or anything. He forgave me, amen? But, but what's cool is that we do have dreams that we do want to come true. You know, we do have dreams in our lives that we want to accomplish. And, and when I think about that, you know, this month is Black History Month. And there is a man who had a dream, right? It's Martin Luther King. He had a dream. And so I'm going to share a couple quotes here of things that he said and he dreamed about. 
One of the quotes here says, When we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all, with, when all of God's children, black men, white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Another quote, now is time to make justice a reality for all God's children. Another quote, he says, I still believe that standing up for the truth of God is the greatest thing in the world. This is the end of life. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God. That's such an inspiring thing, right? And, and when you, if, you, if you read Martin Luther King's autobiographies, he tells you over and over again that he got his dream because it was God's dream. He got his dream from the Bible. He got his dream from Jesus to see a world be transformed. And we can see that as Martin Luther King put that into practice. Today we get to experience being together from all different races. We have so many different... The world has been transformed since he had a dream and went out and made an impact. And what's amazing is that he got his dream from God. And Jesus also had a dream. And when he came, he had a dream to see every single human being in a relationship with him and to go to heaven with him for eternity. Isn't that a great dream? Why, why wouldn't we want to be part of that dream? We want to imitate God's dream. And so what is God's dream? I'll share a couple of scriptures with you. Um, Matthew 28, verse 18. God has a dream to go and make all disciples of all nations. And so God, he has a dream that his church is filled with every single nation. No matter what race you are, no matter where you're coming from, he, God has a desire to love each and every person. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And so God has a dream to see us go out and share the good news with people. Luke 24, verse 47. It says, Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. What's amazing about this is that God has a plan to forgive the sins of all people. God has a desire to forgive the sins of all people in all nations. John 17, verse 23. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me. So God has a desire for unity, for being together as, as, as family. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And then he calls us and he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So God's plan and his dream is for us to share his dream and be witnesses to every single person that we meet. That's amazing. That's an amazing dream. And God's dream, it's clear, it's extraordinary, and it's amazing. And God wants us to be part of that. And it's such an honor. But we must be determined to see God's dream come true. What does determined mean? Determined means fixated on, driven to, or passionate about, and recklessly unashamed about. Being willing to sacrifice and maybe even give your life. This is what being determined is. is being determined to see a dream, it takes sacrifice, it takes a passion to really see that happen. 
So I, w- I want to call us this morning, let's raise our dreams. Let's, let's raise our dreams in ways that we wouldn't even imagine if it happened. Let's really see God work incredibly. And so I have two points for you this morning to really, how, how can we raise our dreams? How can we experience these dreams? And the two points are, number one is raise your expectations of God. And point number two would be raise your expectation of the Holy Spirit's power. Amen? All right, so point number one, raise your expectations of God. This morning, what do you believe our God is capable of? Just, just think about that for a second. What, what do you really believe God is capable of in your life? You know, when you get up every day and you, and you pray and you have your time with God, you know, what, what is it that you really believe that God is capable of? In Mark 11, verse 22 to 24, you know, Jesus gives us this, this amazing wisdom here on how we should view God in, in, in the form of being, expecting him to make an impact. Mark 11, verse 22 to 24 says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So in the beginning of this passage, Jesus literally says, have faith in God. Not yourself, not your past, not the status quo, not even what you see in front of you right now. You know, we're all come from different backgrounds. We all got something that we're going through in life. But God's saying, don't even have faith in your circumstance right now. Have faith, have faith in God that he can bring you out of the circumstance, that he can do incredible things no matter where you're at in your life. That's what he's saying. He said, have faith in God. You know, how, how is your faith in God this morning? You know, is it, do you really believe that God can really make a difference in your life? That he can use you? You know, the Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. All things are possible for him who believes. And he, and he shows us story after story, the miraculous things we see in the Bible, of God using broken people to, to fix a broken world. And that, and that is how God works. That's kind of his plan, you know? And it's kinda, it kind of doesn't make sense, right? Like, okay, like God, you want to use broken people to fix other broken people? How does that work? But God's just saying, like, have faith in me, and I will use you to do things you would never even dream of. Guys, I, I got one thing for you. Like, if, if you really, really want to have faith in God, just look in the mirror every morning. Just, just look in the mirror every morning. Like, just wake up, look in the mirror and go, wow, I've been beautifully crafted by the Lord himself. I mean, like, I've been, wow, like, God, God made me? Like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Lord, man, you put some work there, you know? I mean, that's faith right there, you know what I'm saying? Like, that God was able to make such a beautiful being as you. And that he knitted you in your mother's womb. And that he did all that. And even, even just think about who you were before you became a disciple. I mean, like, all the changes you made, all the things you did because of God, he's real. He's real. And he can make a difference. And he's always going to be changing you in your life. And you're going to become more and more like Christ the longer you live. 
And so guys, having faith in God is what's going to happen. But, but, what, but what's the issue with faith? What's the problem with it? You know, because according to a dream, in order to have a dream, you have to have faith. But let's be real. As much as you want to have faith, there's issues that are going to come. Amen? Like no plan, no dream is fulfilled without friction. And so Matthew 21, verse 21 to 22, it says, Jesus replied, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. You know, one of the biggest hindrance of faith is doubt. It's doubt, right? And, and doubt is just part of our human nature. That's just what we do, right? I, I, you know, when, when I was, when I, when I was uh, learning how to ride a bike, you know, when I was young, learning how to ride a bike, you know, it, it, I didn't start with the two wheels. I had to get the training wheels, you know what I'm saying? So I had the training wheels. My grandfather got them for me. And I just remember, like, even when I had the training wheels, you know, there was still doubt if I could really move this thing, you know what I'm saying? And so as I'm on the bike and there's training wheels, I'm like, every couple seconds, I'm kind of looking back like, okay, is my grandfather still there? You know, is he still holding the back of the seat as I'm going, you know? And, and it was like, okay, I knew my grandfather was there. I knew he was, his power was really what was helping me move. But what happens is I still doubt that he was actually moving me and helping me to move. And I feel like that could be sometimes with faith. And sometimes we, we know God's there, we believe he's there. But we just always find ourselves looking back and trying to see, man, God, really, are you there? You know, and so doubt really cripples our faith. It really, really does. And, and I want to tell you that this morning that that can change. Doubts can no longer, they don't have to run your life anymore. Your faith can really make an impact. But we have to understand that doubt is a reality when it comes to having faith. But we have to, learn, we have to make sure that faith wins every time. We have to fight for that. You know, and God really believes in this. And, and uh, make sure I say this right. Habakkuk? Habakkuk, okay. Uh, chapter 3, verse 2. <laughs> I, got, I got to rehearse that thing, you know. But, th- by the way, there's words in the Bible that will have you going crazy. I'll be reading them, and I'm like, you know what, we're just going to go to the next verse. <laughs> I'll be sounding crazy. Um, but, but, yeah, so, yeah, Lord, he says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. O Lord, renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. You know, the prophet's saying, hey, look, I've seen you do miraculous things. I'm in awe of your deeds. God, keep renewing them in our day today. What happened in the Old Testament? What happened in all these stories in the Bible? God, make that fulfilled in my life today. That's what this prophet's saying. And and so, God... I'm going to just go through these belief statements and I'm going to share some stories about things that I've been able to see in my life that God has done. Um, but, but guys, do you, do you believe that God can do miracles through you? You know, in our region, as a group, and just as you are with all your weaknesses and, and your insecurities, like, do you really, really believe that God can do miracles through you? Do you believe that hundreds, maybe even thousands of people can be shared with this year in 2019? That we can reach so many people for Christ. You know, do you believe that you can have a friend come to Bible talk, every Bible talk? That there, at every Bible talk, you can have a friend that's with you to help them to get to know God. You know, do you believe that the disciples are probably not doing well right now, do you believe that they can actually grow and mature? 
Now, do you really believe in the people around you? Do you really believe that where they're at today can be different tomorrow? It can be different in that moment, just by one conversation. Like, do you believe God can really use you to do that? You know, do you believe that the harvest is plentiful? That's what Jesus says. He says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so God, God's like, look, I can, the harvest is always plentiful. There's always somebody you can make an impact on. You know, do you believe that there's people who are eager to become disciples in less than a week? Do you believe that? You know, there's this one guy that went to William Patterson University. You know, he was so discouraged about his life and so down and, and just trying to look for purpose in his life. And, and I remember he got met and he, he just got invited to a Bible discussion. And he was just like, all right. I mean, there was nothing else he could really do in that moment in his life because he felt so discouraged. And so he went, to, he went to a Bible talk discussion, was super blown away by the Bible and what the Bible said about Jesus. And, you know, he sat down the next day with the guy who invited him out. And from the, from the minute he got into the Bible, two weeks later, he got baptized. You know who that person is? It's me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it was me. All right. So I saw the Bible. I saw what Jesus said. I saw what he did. And two weeks later, I decided to give Jesus my life because of what I saw. Do you believe that people can be changed very quickly? And now I'm going to share about a few, few people here. Uh, we get to slide up with the different pictures. Okay. Um, so, guys, do you believe that someone that was completely atheist can become a Christian? And so I want to share about Sean. So that's the top left corner. So this man, I remember I met him on campus uh, about two years ago. And I remember when I first invited him out, I mean, he was just, he was very to himself. Very, I mean, he just walked around just like angry at the world, to be honest. I mean, he just, like everything about him was just like, whoa, there's no way this guy is going to want to recite the Bible or whatever. But I was like, you know what? My faith is not in what I see now. I got I to gotta share with him. So I shared with him, and then he was like, all right, um, all right, now, now what I shared with him, I told him it was a discussion and everything, and then right as I, I was sharing with him, he was like, wait, is this about, like, is this religious? Like, is this about the Bible or whatever? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. So we look at the Bible, and, <laughs> and you know, we, we, we try to inspire each other in those things, and he was like, all right, I'll come and do a study. And so he did it, and I was excited. I was like, all right, woo, fired up. And so we sit down, and, and we're doing a study, and, and I ended up realizing that this man's intention was to, try to prove me that God wasn't real. <laughs> so, so that was kind of his mindset and everything. And, and then I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I wasn't prepared for this. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, and so I just shared, you know, Acts 17 with them where it talks about how God has a, he sets up the time and places and that, you know, he, has, he wants a relationship with you and those different things. And, and he was just like, wait, so God is a relational God? Like, what do you mean he's a relational God? You know, like a relationship? Like, what? Isn't God a man? Like, it was just like all types of stuff. So, so it, it was tough. And so after that study, we met up one more time, and that was it. Didn't hear from him again. And then about a semester later, I come back, and I'm on campus on my way to Bible talk, to a Bible discussion, and I saw him. And I don't know what it was, but he just, he just was different. And, he was, and I was like, hey, what's going on, man? I know we, we haven't seen each other since last semester. How's everything going? He's like, yeah, uh, I'm actually on my way to this Bible study. And I was like, you on your way to a, a what? I didn't say that out loud, but I said it in my head. I was like, you're on your way to a Bible study. Um, 
cool, cool. Yeah, me too. Are you headed to the one around the corner here? He's like, yeah, yeah. It was a guy named Mark invited me, which is one of the guys that was in the campus ministry who leads the Bible talks. And I was like, cool, awesome. So we caught up a little bit. We, we went to the Bible talk. And I don't know, man, but he just started having a lot more questions. And he was going through a lot in his life. And he just started to wonder, you know, is, is there really, is there a God? You know, he started to really start wondering if it is. And, and, and then, yeah, and then we started studying the Bible with him again. And, and I remember after the Bible talk, he asked to study the Bible. And we started looking at the Bible again. And, and two months later, he got baptized. And, it, it, yeah, you can clap for that. So that's Sean. He gets baptized. And, and I was like, man, what was it? Like, what, what was it that really inspired you to want to do that? And he said, you know what? I got to a place in my life where I no longer felt like I had control. Anymore. I, 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 know, I, I felt like there had to be someone, something so much more outside of me because the more I try to go after my career, my life, I feel stressed. I feel like there's nothing I can really hang on to. And, and that was it. And that opened his heart up to know God. So this guy went from not believing in God at all to trying to debate me to now being a disciple of Jesus. I mean, guys, do you believe God can change someone's heart and go from not believing to believing? Another person I want to share about. So we had two, we had two international students, uh, which is Leanne, who's on the bottom, um, second to, the, to, to your right, with the towel on. So she got, she got baptized about two years ago. And then we have a guy named Sam Paul Mary. And so, so she's, from, she's straight from China, right? So she's from China. And so the Bible, Christianity, those different things is illegal in China. You, you can't even read the Bible in public, none of that. If you have any type of faith in, in, in a God other than the government, that's it. You're, you're, you're getting, you're going to jail. You could put your life at risk. And so her growing up in China, she never had to, she never experienced the, the Bible or Jesus or God. I mean, she heard of those things, but she, she knew because it was illegal. She couldn't, she didn't have an opportunity to really know about it. And so, so there were some sisters who started a Bible talk at Stevens uh, in New Jersey in Hoboken. And, and the sisters were, were starting a Bible talk, and they were reaching out to women there. And she was getting her master's degree there uh, as an international student. And, and she got reached out and invited out to Bible talk. And I remember when she, wow, I remember when they said like, when she came out and they read the Bible for the first time, she was so blown away, like, about, about just how God is, like, again, like the whole relationship thing, you know. Because a lot of people see God as just this being in the air who doesn't care about people. And it's like, that's not the God we serve. So Leanne reads the Bible and realizes that God wants to a relationship with her. And, you know, and it just blew her mind. And so she ended up getting her own Bible and started reading on her own. And the sisters really developed a relationship with her and, and those things. And, and what's amazing is that she ended up leaving because they were on break for school. So she ended up going back to her country. And so we actually do have a church in China that has over a thousand disciples. Amen. Uh, <laughs> But what happens is they have to practice their faith underground. They, they can't because they can't do it, you know, because of the law. And, and so they're practicing their faith. So she gets with people out there and she starts studying more. And then she comes back and there's a sister in her church who speaks fluent Chinese who actually sat in her studies to help her understand it a lot better. And what's amazing is that after about, I would say, eight months, she became your sister in Christ. And she got baptized. And, and Sam Paul marries the same story. He came from India. I mean, he was an inter- international student from India, and all, all he knew was Hinduism. That's all he knew. So Christianity is a thing out there as well, and, and I'm not sure if it's illegal or not, but, but he didn't have exposure to that. Most of what he saw from what he told me is like Hinduism, temples, and different things like that. 
But he never really got to experience the Bible at all. So he came here as a student at NJIT, you know, didn't have any background at all. And so he was at a bus stop waiting for his shuttle. And there's a brother named Matt Rupert who, who literally was on his way out. He was leaving. I remember Matt telling me this. He was leaving because he was just tired and wanted to go home. And he was like, all right, let me just share with some people at the bus stop, whatever. So he goes and he shares with Sam. And Sam's like, <laughs> Sam's like, Bible? Cool, you know. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's just kind of like a really chill guy. And he's just like, I'll just do anything. I'm in America. I'm going to experience this. You know what I'm saying? So he goes out. He comes, to Bible, he comes to a Bible talk. Again, blown away. Like, whoa. You know, I think one of the things that really impacted Sam was the relationships. You know, he really got to see how God's people really were together, loving one another, having those relationships. And so what was amazing about him is that he ends up studying the Bible. And then a few months later, he gets baptized. You know, and now he's an awesome brother in the singles ministry in New Jersey. Awesome brother. He's serving. He has a great job. He gives very generously. He has a great job. And, and, uh, and, and most recently, he actually put an account on uh, 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 DT Heart and Soul. You know what I'm saying? So my man, and for those who don't know what DT Heart and Soul is, it's a Christian dating site that we, ha- that we have with our church. And so my man is ready to get married. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how God is changing his life, you know. And, and so and he's a great brother. If you want more info, I want his number. Just talk to me afterwards. All right? All right. So, um, cool. And then lastly here, we have a brother named Nadir. So that's the top right. And so Nadir is the tallest guy in that picture you could probably see. Okay. So Nadir was a basketball player at Rutgers University. And so he was... Full-time and, and, you know, full-time sports, NCAA, for some of us who are athletes or know of it, we know that that is a demanding thing, you know, when you're playing college sports. And, but for him, you know, he, he got into a point in his life where he just wanted to know God better. And, and uh, you know, I, I, got a, I got an opportunity to study the Bible with him. And, and a lot of his life and his dreams were just to, to go in the NBA, you know, and, and really make it there. And, and he, was a real, he was a good player, you know, and he, he was actually a Division three basketball player. Um, and so he was really in the time looking for an agent to play overseas and those different things. And what ended up happening was as we were studying the Bible, he ended up getting three offers to play overseas, um, which is amazing, you know, especially coming from a Division three program. And so Nadir actually goes out to Bible studies and starts building a relationship with him and, and everything. And then we got to a point in our studies where he just felt stuck. He was just like, man, I, I, I really want to be a Christian, but... I, I feel like I love basketball more than I love to be a Christian. And I was like, okay, that's where we're going to start. All right, so let's talk about that, you know, and, and let's, you know, sometimes you get hit with that and you're just like, whoa, what scripture do I go to? Okay. So, but I just, you know, trusted God and we kept talking about it and everything. And, and, uh, and I, I just gave him a ton of scriptures on faith. That's all I did. I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know what, how about you just read all these scriptures on faith? We're going to pray about it. Read them tonight, and then we'll get together tomorrow, and we'll look at them again. So he reads the scriptures, right? Literally, that night, he gives me a phone call, you know? And he says, bro, honestly, I'm ready to get baptized, you know? <laughs> so he calls me, he's like, I'm going to get baptized. And I'm like, whoa, this is, this is, what, what, you know? And he's like, you know, yeah, I want to be a Christian. So we got together again, we looked at it, and I was like, man, what was it? What was it that, that, that did it for you? And he was like, man, honestly, dude. What, what good is it to chase after a career and then have to see God one day and tell him that I put that before him? Like, what good is it to do that? He's like, man, listen, I, I'm ready. God needs to be number one in my life. And so, and then, what, what, and then another issue came up that 
he, he got the offer. He wanted to go to Denmark to go play, uh, you know, basketball professionally. And so at that time, you know, we were talking through that, and he was just like, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm going to become a disciple. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay here and just get filled up. But if God opens the opportunity after I get baptized, then amen, then I'll go. And I was like, all right, but what if you don't get it? I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be a disciple, you know? So he gets baptized, and then he ends up getting a call from the coach uh, to go play overseas again. He gets a call, and he's, and he's talking to the coach and everything. And literally, like, you know, we pray together, and he gets connected with the church out there. That's, it's, it's about two hours away. Um, but he said that, you know what, when I get there, I'm still going to be connected to them. I'm going to make the effort, you know? And, and so he gets baptized. God still opens the opportunity for him to go play overseas in Denmark. He's there right now. I just talked to him the other day. He's doing great. And he's praying professionally, and he's a disciple of Jesus in another country. So do you believe that even people who got careers, dreams of other things other than God, that they can really replace it and really have God be number one in their lives? Do you believe that God can really work in that way? Guys, God has dreams. He wants to use us to help fulfill those dreams. He wants us to share in his dream. Amen? And so, guys, whatever it is, whatever doubts you have, God is bigger than your doubts. God can help you have faith in incredible ways. Point number two. Raise your expectation of the Holy Spirit's power. All right, I'm going to share a video real quick. Says bye. Bye. Hey, wait. You know my father? Correction. I know your father. I hate to. Oh, sure do. You move faster, boy. You know my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope! Wrong again! <laughs> He's alive! And I'll show him to you! You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way! Come on!
It's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look out. You see? He lives in you. favorite movies, but man, but when I think about that scene, I can't help but think about how God looks at us. And he's just like, remember. Remember this Holy Spirit that I've given you. Remember me. Remember the power that you have inside of you to accomplish anything that you can put your mind to. To accomplish any dream. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's what the spirit I gave you doesn't give you a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of power. Do you believe that you have power in you this morning? Do you believe that when you got baptized and became a disciple, that you have this power that's, that can't be contained? And I want to go through some scriptures real quick, and then we'll close out. But I want, I want us to really get a grasp of what the Spirit does in us. John 16, verse 8. You can write these scriptures down, but I'm just going to skim through them. But John 16, verse 8 says, When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Jesus says that when he comes, the Spirit comes, which is now in us who are saved and who are disciples. He says that because you have the Spirit, you have the power to convict the world of sin. Like, you have the power to do that because God is in you, and he wants to use you for that. Romans 8, 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So if you have God's Spirit, you are a child of God. You are, because you're led by the Spirit, he's given that. You are his child. You are his daughter. You are his son. Ephesians 1, verse 12 and 14 says, When you believe... You were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praises of his glory. So, so God is saying, hey, look, when I gave you the Holy Spirit, that's a deposit 
guaranteeing what's to come. Is anybody over here homeowners, own a home, or have to put a deposit down on something in your life? Okay. Now, when you give a deposit to something, what are you hoping for after you get the deposit? Right, like you're going to own the house, right? Like, this is my apartment. I put this money down, you know what I'm saying? What happened if they called you up and said, you know what, actually, I know you put a deposit down, but there's no refunds on deposit, and I'm sorry, but we can't give you this spot. You're going to be like, what? Excuse me? I gave a deposit. You know how many hours I went for that thing? But what's amazing is that with the Holy Spirit, when you put a deposit, it's guaranteeing where you're going to end up. It's guaranteeing what you're going to have. And you're going to have an inheritance with Jesus. So because of the Spirit, that's a deposit guaranteeing where you're going to be after this life. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What's amazing about this scripture is that the Spirit gives us joy. I don't know, but you ever wonder why people are still happy when they're going through stuff? Like, how do you still put a smile on your face? Like, how, how does all this still work out? And God's like, I've given you the Spirit, and this part of the Spirit is joy. Guys, without the Spirit, we were a mess when trials came. You know what I'm saying? But with the Spirit now, we have joy. We can have peace during those hard times. Amen? And lastly, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it talks about how the Spirit of God transforms us. That because of the Spirit, we're able to be transformed by God himself, which is an amazing thing. Guys, looking at these passages, this is who you are because of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. These are promises of God. These are promises that he wants to give us. And so the close is out here. One of the problems, though, is that as we're trying to live by the Spirit, there's also the flesh that's in conflict with us. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but you are led by the Spirit. What's amazing is that in order to accomplish the dreams, we do have to live by the Spirit, but we do have to understand that there is an enemy, and there is obstacles in our way that are going to stop us from there. And so I just want to kind of go through a couple things that are going to stop you from accomplishing your dreams. You with me? Okay. So one of the things is pride. You know, pride stops us from accomplishing our dreams. You know, there's a lot of people who accomplish dreams. And I tell you, the reason why they even got there is because somebody was in their life and helped them. You got to, I think sometimes we could think we do everything by ourselves. But really, when you think about in perspective, you know, for example, like going to school, okay, you did it, you applied and everything, but somebody had to make the application. Somebody had to create financial aid. Somebody had to do your, you know, read your, so it's like at the end of the day, it's like we we go after things, but we got to have the humility to get help and, and realize that, you know, we need help to accomplish our dreams. We can't do it by ourselves and and there's something beautiful about accomplishing dreams with other people and sharing in that dream together, which is amazing. And uh, One of the other things that stop us from dreams is it could be kind of like a false spirituality. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, you know, just waiting for God to move. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm on my couch eating some chips. You know, just, you know, God's going to do something. You know, are you munching on your chips or something? It's just, it's kind of this false, you know, spirituality of like, you know, God's going to make it happen. But yet, you're not doing your part. 
You know, you're not, you're not actually putting in the work and the sweat that it takes to actually make it happen. Because God, how he works, his power is there, but he, his plan is to use you and for you to act in him to, to bring the power when you act. And, and so this false spirituality of, you know, God's going to make it happen. God's going to, but it does require faith and deeds on our part to make it happen. Another thing could be lack of discipline, you know, not getting up on time, going, not going to bed on time, you know, on, 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 um, you know, spending too much time on, on things that aren't really, you know, contributing towards your dream, you know, and, and spending more time on those things and, and uh, maybe even taking better care of yourself and, and financially and those different things. And, and uh, I think another thing that can, that can prevent us from accomplishing our dreams is, is letting our, our hobbies become bad habits. You know, sometimes there's hobbies that we have, but we can do it too much to a point where we're not making time to accomplish the dreams that we do have. You know, and, um, another thing that can happen is another enemy of great expectations of the Holy Spirit to work are great excuses. You know, great excuses stop us from, from really accomplishing the dreams. You know, um, things such as if I only had this, you know, if I only had this much money or if I only had this much, you know, wherever it might be, it, there's that conversation we can have in our head of, man, if only this can happen, you know, if only this. When really a lot of things can be accomplished just with you and a Bible in your hand, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, a lot of things can just happen with just you and God. He's with you, you know. And, and so excuses can, can cripple us. It can hold us back from really having that heart. And I think what can also stop us is, uh, and, I, and I'm actually part of this, but I, I didn't grow up in, in the perfect environment. You know, I didn't grow up with just having the, the perfect family or, you know, having those different things that we can look at other people's lives and go, oh, well, they got all that, so therefore God can't really use me because I don't have X, Y, Z like everybody else. Does that make sense? Like, the, we, we can look at other people's lives and think, man, I don't know. But I got a perfect example, but, Dave, but Joseph, Joseph grew up in the most craziest family circumstances. I mean, the man was put in prison for something he never did. I mean, his, his own brother sold him into slavery. And he had a dream, actually, before that even happened. Right? He had a dream that everyone was going to bow down to him, all that stuff, right? But then God, through all that, this man becomes the second most powerful person in the world. How? It's because no matter your circumstance, if you dream and God is behind it, you're going to see incredible things happen. So it doesn't matter where your upbringing might have been and those different things. God can still use you and accomplish. you can still accomplish your dreams. And, and lastly here, I think another thing is, uh, is the excuse of comfort, which is a big one and. And don't get me wrong, we do need rest, we do need to relax, we do need to do those different things. But I think sometimes we can expect more rest more passionately than we expect to sweat. You know, we, we, can, we can expect, you know, rest more than we want to really work hard and sweat for things that we really want to see happen in our lives. And, and, and I've been part of that, you know, and I've been in those different moments. And, but what's amazing is that we have the Holy Spirit you know, which is a spirit of self-discipline, right? So even those, when those things are going crazy in our lives, the spirit can help us. The spirit can lead us to accomplish every dream that you have in your life. You know, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, you know, Paul talks about how he has a thorn in his flesh. Like, man, God, I want to accomplish so many things, but man, there is just something in my life that just keeps holding me back, you know? And we can feel that way sometimes. But in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And what's amazing about God is that he wants, to, he wants to show you his grace when you do fall short. 
Because if you never fall short, then he really can't show you his power. He really can't show you his power if we don't get used to exposing our weaknesses. You know, God wants to show us his power, but it does take a requirement of telling God, you know what, I am weak. God, I need your power to work in this situation. So God's grace is all we really need to really make an impact, to make a difference, and to have the power that we need to really overcome any challenges that are stopping us from accomplishing our dreams. And so, guys, I want to encourage you today. And, and if you walk away from this message with anything, I want you to understand that, guys, your dreams can come true. Your dreams for God can come true. But it only depends on the power you allow God to use in your life. It all depends on the power of the Holy Spirit, and it depends on raising our expectations of God. In Ephesians 3.20, God says, To him who can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine, according to his power that is in us, to glory to him be forever, ever, amen. And so God's like, hey, look, I can do more in, in dream. I can accomplish dreams that you never even thought of if you just rely on my spirit and let my power work for you. So, guys, let's, let's raise our expectations of God. Let's see our dreams come true, God's dreams come true. Let's raise our expectations of the Holy Spirit. And let's really see God make an impact in our lives. Amen? Let's do it. Amen.